Guess who's back? Or should I say, guess who's bizzack? It's me, Zim Hude. I love you guys. We got a great, great show today. I'm so excited. I haven't talked to you in so long. I got some questions that you guys have sent me. I feel good about everything. Life is great. It's New Day. We got... <laughs> that sounds so stupid just saying that. Um, I'm a weird person. If you ever meet me in real life, you'll know Like, I'll take like something from pop culture like on fleek or uh, on, uh, get off sis and all, all the little Instagram slangs and all that stuff like that. Some people listen like, what is that? Um, but like I take stupid stuff like that and I just like use it in my daily life. And it's super comical to me, I guess. And New Day is super comical to me. Like, like I'm, I'm not trying to say it's corny, but I'll use it. But just know that I'm not serious when I say it. Um, I want to start the show off because it's been a little while since I've talked to you. Uh, since we've talked, a lot of different things have happened. I want to go into first, um, just just a recap of free agency. Let's go back into it because um, it's been a little while since I've talked to you. Um, on the table, we uh, we started off with Matt Lingle, Tom Savage, um, who I think is on the practice squad now. I'm not 100% sure on that. Andre Smith. Vinny Ray, Michael Johnson, those get those guys are still out there like in free agency limbo. After that, we got Jake Fisher. He signed a one year, um, eight hundred and five thousand dollar contract. Um, he's converted over to tight end from um from his guard position. So we're gonna wish him well on that with our friends over there in Buffalo. The next one is uh, Tyler Croft was one of the first ones that signed. He signed a three year for eighteen million, so he's out of there. What we recently signed was Kerry Wynn. And I wanted to get into that because this this is not an order. I just been jotting them down as I go. Um, Kerry Wynn um, is a great rotational guy. He could also play special teams a little bit. I'm told, um, which is really good for us. Uh, Lou Amaruno is uh, I just butchered his name, but I call him Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou um, actually has brought over a couple Giants guys. Um, the other guy he brought over was B W Webb. Um, but first, Kerry Wynn, he's got a rotational thing. One of the things that I've been saying off season is that the Bengals don't have a starting nickel defensive tackle. So people say, well, what about Billings? And I'm like, Billings is a run stuffer primarily. Kerry Wynn actually ranked ninth as far as uh, rush run stopping abilities um, against, uh, I think it was 208 defensive tackles. So that's really, really a big pro football focus steal right there. For bargain money, which we're still waiting on the final numbers for that to come through. Um, but Kerry Wynn can rotate in that, and that would be the rotational guy with like a Glasgow. Um, you could probably do Hubbard was kicked inside last year, like uh, a bunch of times, and it didn't really work out that well for him. When I watched a couple games from the coaches' film, absolutely dominated. Um, he was getting dominated. He's better from the outside. Um, he, I like him standing up. Um, uh, let's go, let's go. Uh, Tyler Eifert is one of the number one signings I think that we had this uh, off season. Um, the I, I actually yeah yeah I, I'm gonna go through this. Okay, so Tyler Eifert he signed a one year four million dollar uh, deal, but it's based on a bunch of incentives and different things like that. Um, B W Webb who I mentioned, um, crazy story. Darquez Denard starts off uh the free agency period 
with the three. Uh, he had eight point five for three years on the table. Walked away from it, thinking that he could get paid on the outside, um, which would probably push him up to nine or ten million dollars. But what happened in the free agency markets is it just completely crumbled on him and nobody really got what they were supposed to he didn't anticipate that his agent is punching the air as the kids say right now like uh his agent's punching the air right now because he totally screwed him it actually helped the Bengals out a lot he got a one year for five million it's got a little bit of um a couple of roster bonus workout bonuses on there too but bw webb got the three-year 10 mil which is less and, and, and Bengals have an out. They can get out in the uh, year two, year three. But B.W. Webb has experience on the outside, which I don't like as much. But Pro Football Focus had him ranked second in slot corners um, with the little bit of sample size that they had from last year. So B.W. Webb gives us tremendous depth. So when we start looking at the draft, which we'll get into further, corner is a crowded room. Corner is a very crowded room, and I'll tell you why. Um, next thing is um, one of the first ones, and, and, and this came out today, um, I posted this on my Instagram, whatever, but Troy Blackburn is defending, it, it's been a shitstorm when you, when you want to talk about Bobby Hart, so that's the guy we're talking about, Bobby Hart, everybody's been talking about like, you know, like why did they sign him, whatever, one of the things that I always had is who who else did they have, they didn't have a right tackle on at all on the roster, so, Bengals in true panic mode signed Bobby Hart early. But the problem with the, the Bobby Hart uh, signing to me is not the fact that they signed Bobby Hart. It's the amount of money. And it's the same thing that I'm going to be talking about with the Preston Brown thing. I, I just feel like they jumped the gun. The only other right tackle that I had, because Jawan Taylor was somebody that I looked at, but I thought he was going to get somewhere around $10 million, which is about a little bit less what they paid Gordy Glenn. He turns out he gets $15 million. But the uh, the thing that really bothers that a lot of people is the penalties. The he's just not good. He sucks, and he's good enough where he played all sixteen games, which the Bengals do value. The guy that I thought that they would probably take a look at is Ty Naseki. I don't have his uh, sheet pulled up right now, but I want to say he got somewhere around six to seven million, which is a little bit less than what Bobby Hart ultimately could get now Bengals do have outs in the second and third year with Bobby Hart and they also look for them to draft the tackle uh what I call earlier would be like third round but that would be banking on taking that third round guy and using them like the following year almost without a doubt in this world they have to draft probably two tackles in this draft I mean or two linemen in this draft they have a 12 picks um so let's see but one of the things that was so funny that came out is troy blackburn comes out to defend bobby hart this is today march 28th i'm recording this because i should have recorded this yesterday he says for those who you who, who say you should have signed bobby hart who are you going to play at right tackle who oh maybe you'll draft one in the third and maybe it'll come on really you're going to bet on the season on that we may still draft somebody. We haven't had the draft yet, but you can't criticize us. In our business, you have to solve the problem. If you're not going to play him, let tell me who. Trent Bauer got $17 million. Really? A seven-round draft pick? Let's go essentially by his team. Really? We can't go to Walmart and borrow off the shelf. A high-quality starting right tackle. That doesn't exist in free agency. You have to deal in the universe of options you have. We ended up signing eight guys. 
You have to solve the problem. If you're not going to play him, tell me who. Trent Brown is <laughs> like, nah, like oh, I'm reading the whole thing again. Yeah. Uh, hold on. We asked Willie Anderson if he could go to a time machine and come back at the age 25. We love to sign him, but you have to deal in the universe of options. I think the data would say we sign more guys than most in line with the cap that we talked about. If there are any surprises, we'll try to be flexible and aggressive, but normally there are no surprises out there. So pretty much he's saying he's not going to trade for anybody. He's saying the the market is terrible and it's a bunch of poo out there, but we're going to serve you up this poo, and you guys better smear this poo in your face and shut up. And I love it, you know, because it, 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 it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, you idiot, why did you say that, right? But we're always begging the Bengals to actually be transparent and talk, you know, talk to the fans. A lot of people want them to open the books, you know what I'm saying? But, um... Uh, I just thought that was just so funny because it just chose the change into the guards. Before the Blackburns wouldn't say anything. I told you Duke Tobin is essentially the GM. If you've been a fan of this podcast, once again, this is the Zim Who Day podcast. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, um, the you know Apple Podcast Store. Um, uh, I got like six platforms. This thing is on. Just search it; it'll pop right up. Just type in Bangles in the Apple Store. But um, he's he's pretty much telling you that this is just what it is and you guys are just pretty much bitching about it and what's crazy is the internet and the fans we've gotten smarter we got all this technology so the Bengals are saying stuff like that but then we got guys like myself and smart fans like you that say well wait a minute Ty Naseki's out there whoa there's guys out there to be had there was there were trades to be made um some people might say well I'll take the one year with Daryl Williams I'm pretty sure they'll go with Daryl Williams injury history and that's the thing that I think is a clear um, Bengals fans don't really value availability as much as I do because you're only as valuable as your availability. So Bobby Hart did play in all 16 games. And that alone to me was like, OK, yeah, he could come back as a swing tackle. I didn't think they would come bring him back as a starter. But hey, I don't know. So enough with Bobby Hart. Um, uh, Preston Brown signed for three years, 16 million. I did not like that signing at all. I'm not even going to go over all the different names, but that is your starting middle linebacker. Um, John Miller, to me, same deal. 16.5, um, three years, he he signed. Um, that, to me, is the best signing of this offseason. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, John Miller would have been our highest-graded lineman ahead of Clint Bowling last year. So that is one that is super, super slept on. The Kerry Wynn signing is super, super slept on as well because – Last year, I remember him flashing big time in, in camp. Um, CJ Uzama, uh, you didn't bring back Croft, uh, Croft that I said earlier. He essentially got the same money. Croft got a little bit more, 18, uh, 7 5. Uh, CJ got 18 3 for three years. Um, believe it or not, Cedric Obey signed for the, the 1 million, um, one year uh, with the Jaguars as a swing tackle there. The biggest one that we all knew was coming was Vontaze Burfitt. He's out of there. Um, he signed with the Raiders for two mil. I mean, like, you want to talk about, like, a guy, like, on his last rope. Like, if he doesn't work that out, and uh, I think you know that from his workout videos and everything like that. If he doesn't work out um, there in Oakland with uh, Gruden, I mean, you'll probably know early. I mean, they'll cut that that. That is easy, dead money, cut, we'll move on from you money. 
if he deals out and balls, which I can't imagine him balling without getting suspensions and stuff like that, I hope he does. But I just don't see a world that we live in, especially with a team like with the – I just don't see how he could succeed like in this league, and I'm rooting for him. If he does have a successful year, one thing I don't want a lot of Bengals fans to say is like, oh, my God, we should have kept him. It just didn't work out. Sometimes people need new scenery, new 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 places, and I thought that was going to happen to Dark Quest Denard, where I feel like the Bengals single-handedly ruined the growth of Dark Quest Denard if he could have had any. They never gave him a chance on the outside. He won't have a chance on the outside this year. With the signing of B.W. Webb, I don't even see him getting to the outside. I mean, you got to think, too. We used our uh, some pretty – Good picks on guys that we really like, like Devontae Harris, who uh, was injured last year, but he's going to be competing. Super, super physical dude. Um, you also got Tony McRae, who they brought back on a uh, on a um, restricted uh, tender or whatever. Um, then um, one of my guys that I'm really, really looking for is Darius Phillips. You still got him, and I want to see him in a punt return game as well. If he can contribute to special teams, I mean, this room is full. You also still got Kavari Russell. You also still... We still brought back on the practice squad uh, Demetrius Cox as well. And, I mean, that's a loaded room. They could go this whole draft without drafting in a corner for the first time in forever, and I don't think anybody would feel any type of way. There are other people that say, well, the Bengals never have enough corners. Look for Greedy Williams first round. I just think that would be so idiotic. You've invested so much money into the line, the offensive line at this point, with the signings that I just mentioned. And then you invested so much money in the cornerback room, like a lot of guaranteed money. I mean, Dre's contract, William jo- William Jackson's going to be looking for extension soon. Like, there's so much money invested into those uh, position groups. You shouldn't see an early draft pick from that, no matter how much you guys want to talk about, let's sign a lineman, let's sign a corner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one thing that I'm going to stress to you is, is impact. The players that I'm going to be talking about, like when I get into the draft stuff, is going to be impact. I love the idea of depth. I love the idea of having solid players, right? But when we're talking about elite prospects, the one thing that I that I I'm very good at, and this is the one thing that I will I will pat my back on, and I never do that, is that I am very very good at recognizing impact players. Now. Because of the impact that we got going on right now, there, there are there are some things like all right. So first of all, I want to say currently right now the Bengals are at a three percent odds to win the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns are at a fifty percent um chance. If you don't know, the Browns went out and got everybody. Just Google it. I mean, but Odell Beckham Jr. being the highlight of the thing. They still had Nick Chubb on defense. Their line is phenomenal. And they're full of impact players. One guy that's still out there, and and he's rated in the top three on the outside linebackers. This would solve so many problems um, from the Bengals right now. Now, there's two different things that I got going on in my head where I think that he might. I one one thing. This guy's name is Zach Brown. Zach Brown was recently just you know let go. Um, well, not let go. He entered a free agency from the Redskins. Zach Brown has been relatively healthy. Zach Brown is a, a stalwart in the in the in the linebacker game, 
And he is everything that you would need. And you wouldn't have to reach on any prospect at all. Zach Brown, I believe two things. One, he's not getting a lot of attention right now because it's late in free agency and the amount of money that he wants is higher than what most people are willing to pay. So his agent is probably telling him, hey, wait till after the draft and see where we're at. Somebody's going to reach, but it'll probably be another one-year prove-it deal. I the, the crazy thing about the Bengals is we always go get these guys on these one-year prove-it deals. I'm not going to go through the list of guys, but you know who I'm talking about, like Dansby and... Uh, uh, mentor and all these guys, AJ Hawk, all these guys like that on these prove it deals. This is the one time where there is an athletic guy under 28 years old that absolutely can wreak havoc, has the stats. There is no prospecting to be done. Wrap, signed, and sealed. You let go of perfect. You cleared up six mil. Currently, with the free agent pool, and I mean, I'm sorry, with the, the NFL draft pool and everything going on. The Bengals are currently somewhere around $12 million under the cap. Now, generally, they like to be $8 million under the cap. That allows me to say, Zach, I got $5 million or so, somewhere around there. Now, I don't know if they reached out to him or not, but that's a guy that I will look at because so many times we look at all of our deficiencies and say, go get that guy. I have this talk with you guys for the last two, three years that I've been running this page. Zim underscore Hude on Instagram, if you don't know. Zim Hude on Twitter. But I have the same talk with you every single year. Just because somebody is really, you're not strong at a position, doesn't mean that that's your sole focus. Sometimes you need to better up a group or better up a room and make it more impactful to have a bigger impact on your record and on your team itself. Everybody assumes that you have to draft a linebacker this year the same way that they assume that you had to draft a lineman last year, right? That's not the case. If you go look at some of these teams like the Steelers, who I hate with all of my heart, they don't have high draft pick linemen. It's about doing your scouting, making sure guys come up in your system the right way, not the Jake Fisher or Cedric O'Bwayhe way, and make sure that they come in solid. Or my rule of thumb is draft talent, sign need. Once again, draft talent, sign need. You need a linebacker. Sign Zach Brown. There is no, no prospecting. We missed out on a bunch of guys. Cool. Zach Brown is there, and he's ready to go. That will be my one of my number one moves. With that, you completely fill out your starting lineup for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whether you like the starters or not, you can say, I don't like Drake Kirkpatrick as a starting corner, but I will argue to you, look in our division. Who, who, who is elite at, uh, I mean, Joe Hayden's pretty old. Um, uh, uh, do they even still have William Gay? Like, they're off, they're always looking for corners over there because it's very hard to get some. When Drake Kirkpatrick was a free agent, Pittsburgh still has absolutely tried to sign him. The the look at the Ravens. They've got Humphrey, who I think is pretty comfortable to uh, Drake Kirkpatrick. He's not he's not like elite on any type of level. And then you got an agent Jimmy Smith. Then you go over to the Browns. Okay, Denzel Ward is the truth, the same way we have William Jackson. But then you got Kerry on the other side. I'd rather have Drake Kirkpatrick. That's just me. It, but I'm just saying like. Okay, so just because a guy isn't elite as you want him on your current roster doesn't mean you can't bulk up the competition. So my idea would not be to reach on a linebacker. So the two guys that we're currently looking at right now are um, Devin White 
and Devin Bush. I would like either one of those guys at the number 11 pick in the draft. The problem with that is there are some guys that I think would be way more impactful at that same spot. The number one person I think that may still be there just because of quarterbacks and defense and the edge rushers coming off with Bosa uh, and all these other guys that are going to be sitting right there. But Ed Oliver is absolutely the guy that will make the most impact on a position group that is not elite. Yes, Geno Atkins is there, but imagine Geno Atkins not getting double teamed. It's the same conversation I had with you every day of my life when I say, hey, you need someone to take the top off the defense so that A.J. Green doesn't get double teamed. When A.J. Green didn't get double teamed, Tyler Eifert in the lineup, Tyler Boyd in the lineup, John Ross going running down the field just as a decoy, A.J. Green absolutely ate the field up. There's no one in our division, no one that can check him one-on-one, period. If you did that same effect to Geno Atkins, check out Ed Oliver. I'm posting them all this week, all throughout the draft. I even did a mock with my guy, um, John Sheeran. I also did it with my guy, Bengals underscore NFL on um, on Instagram as well. And um also did it with my guy, uh, Ace Boogie. Um, what I'm trying to tell you is that Ed Oliver absolutely wreaks havoc and any team putting them in right now, day one, ha- it, it, say a team didn't have Geno Atkins, they would be wanting Ed Oliver to start as their defensive tackle first through third down, period. The fact that we have the luxury of Geno Atkins sitting right next to him, then you also have Ryan Glasgow, you also have uh, Billings, you also have um, Andrew Brown, who I kind of like um, as a depth position. You just signed Kerry Wynn. These are all guys that are rotational that can fill in the void. But on third down, Ed Oliver gives you a pass rushing ability as well as a, a reason to play the run because at Houston, he was lined up as a nose tackle. He could even be put on the outside. You could get 500 to 600 snaps from him day one, year one, Cincinnati Bengals. The problem with a lot of our first round draft picks is they don't get playing time. Another guy that I like too is Noah Fant in, in Hawkinson from Iowa. Both of those tight ends, Day one, plug in, play. I mean, uh, Noah Fant on the Patriots absolutely makes Gronk look like a, a, a afterthought. I promise. The ability that he has as a wide receiver in a mismatch, in a mismatch uh, nightmare for teams or whatever is something that's going to wreak havoc on the NFL. If he goes right after us, to the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers will make Noah Fant a Hall of Famer. Hawkinson, I feel, is the same way. He doesn't have the receiving abilities, although he is a natural receiver. Um, but these are impact guys, and then you, and that's a and, and that's a position group where you say, "Hey, well, Zim, we already have Eifert and we already have Uzama, but Eifert you can't count on. Mason Shrek is still a development project." This is a guy that can impact your team right away. When you start talking about linebackers, right? Visual is your starting um, Sam currently. You also have a starting Preston Brown as your middle, right? Then the other linebackers currently right now that you would say is your starter is Jordan Evans, right? And a lot of people don't like him, but he absolutely could start, right? And the reason why I bring that up is the guy you're saying whether it be Devin White or Devin Bush, could, right? But year one, like, take the the Roquan Smith last year. 
the impact that he had on the Bears was really, really good. And I don't think that Devin White or Devin Bush bring that type of impact to, to this team year one. And that's my fear. So then you're banking on like years to come. I'd rather put somebody next to Geno right now if that's possible. If the Bengals just had to move up one or two spots just to ensure Ed Oliver, I absolutely would do it. Um, that That's all I really wanted to say with Ed Oliver. I'm going to be posting a lot of this stuff. He ran a 4-7 today, which is crazy. The guy's 287 pounds. Like, there are wide receivers that don't run that. This guy's playing nose tackle. Noah Fant is running a 4-5 at a tight end position. These are freaks and guys that 100% impact the game. Now, Devin White and Devin Bush absolutely killed it, too. The one thing that I don't see from them is the coverage ability. The prospecting that you're doing on Devin White currently right now is you're banking on just with his speed and athleticism that he can cover. On tape, it's really hard to find because they, they didn't utilize him that way. Although I think he can do it, man, I don't know. You know, that's the one part of being like the draft where you're still prospecting, guys. Um, the the Another thing I want to bring up, too, is the Rosen talk. Josh Rosen um, was earlier to be said to, to be had for a third-round pick. It came out earlier. There are three teams looking at him, the Chargers, the Patriots, and God, who was the other team? I think it was the Saints. No, it wasn't the Saints. One other team. That's going to kill me. Okay. Well, while I'm, while I'm thinking about that, I'm just a one-man guy here. Give me, give me a break. Um, Josh Rosen, right? I had a talk with James Rapine. James is saying I'd give up a first-round pick, the, the number 11 pick. And I normally would say that. Because, you know, I'm Mr. Quarterback guy. But in this instance, I, I really do want to see Dalton in this new system. Because I hate to give up an elite prospect option like, De, uh, you know, Ed Oliver or Devin White or someone like that. When you already have a quarterback that's legit enough to play in the NFL and ready to go. What we see from Josh Rosen last year is like he couldn't play in the NFL the way that that line was set up. Now, would I give up a second-round pick for him? Absolutely. I feel like the Patriots are in a perfect spot for a first round because they got the 32nd pick. So, to me, that's like a perfect, like, you know, scenario. Them and, and the Chargers is a perfect scenario. Um, because if Rosen were to come out this year, he would absolutely be the second quarterback taken. Kyler Murray would be the first quarterback taken, and Josh Rosen would be right after it. Depending on who the team was, like, say the Broncos had the number one pick, they would take Rosen over Murray. So that's another argument. So then you would say, well, yeah, in that case, then Zim, I would give up the number 11 pick. But the thing is, we have Dalton. So I'm going to try to get James on here one day next week. I talked to him, and I think we'll work it out. But I want to share my perspective, and I want you guys to talk to Evil James. He goes by uh, a juice juice rapine these days because he thinks he's like a, 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 a young Jarvis Landry or something like that. You know he called me or texted me and said he's calling juice He's calling Jarvis Landry juice. Like, if you aren't the number one... See, James Rapine was a Cincinnati kid, and he's now in Cleveland, and he's fully converted over. He's calling these guys by their nicknames, so we're going to give him hell. Like, that show, we are going to give him hell. He also said his name was O.B. James Rapine or something like Odell Beckham Rapine or some craziness. Like, I, 
like you talk about a thirty for thirty on this guy at this point. Like he's done, he's gone on the full dark side, and I cannot wait to talk to him more here for you guys. Um, we talked about Devin Bush, Devin White, the wide receiver question. A lot of people have been talking to me about that. Um, my number one now the reason why is because the Bengals interviewed uh, uh, Debo, uh, what's his name, Debo Samuel, really really good wide receiver, probably be uh, gone second round um, with the South Carolina. Um, another guy that I really think that might be their second round, although Steelers do bad, they draft bad, and they're going to need a wide receiver and they need a linebacker like immediately. They never found a Shazier replacement, but my number one wide receiver is Hakeem Butler, um, for sure. See, a lot of people got really, really mesmerized by DK Matt Metcalf's uh, combine, and to me, that's like a Ravens pick almost, right? Because you need a, a wide receiver with a big target radius for an inaccurate quarterback. The problem with DK Metcalf is this is unlike John Ross, who had 17 touchdowns in his last year, um, because DK Metcalf left with a broken neck and he's always hurt. So it's like the measurables are there. So a lot of these different things, like Devin Bush, when we were talking about him just a second ago, the measurables weren't there, but the production was there from college. But then when the measurables teamed up with it, now he Adam he just catapulted himself up the thing. See, DK Math can't Metcalf can't catapult himself up the draft to me because he never had the production in college. And now you're about to go play with the big boys. I also have a lot of agility concerns with him too. But Hakeem Butler, no concerns at all. If he were there in the second round, it sounds crazy to keep Ross and everything like that. But I would absolutely take a long, hard look at him. I do know this right now for sure. A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd's extensions are currently being worked out right now. The reason why I say the Zach Brown thing may not be an option is because the the extra four or five million that I believe the Bengals have before they get to the sweet spot in their cap, they're absolutely using for their extensions. The one thing that you got to look at from A.J. Green currently right now is what's going to happen with Julio. Now, Julio signs for like 14, 15 million. It's going to make it really hard to extend Tyler Boyd. But if it, if he can get around 12, 13 and A.J. Green follows suit, three to four year contract, 12, 13 per year, maybe some incentives or whatever, Tyler Boyd, you might as well lock it in. He'll be like the second highest paid slot receiver in the NFL, um, probably behind Jarvis Landry's stupid contract, somewhere around there. But that would absolutely happen probably during the season. A lot of times they like to wait till they get out of week four or something around that time or whatever and just see that, okay, this guy's healthy and he's eating. So be looking for that. Be looking for one of them possibly to get extended before the season. If Julio gets extended beforehand, AJ should be coming right after that. So take a look at that. But wide receiver, like I just said, you can always have depth in the room and get it really bulked up and have it as strength. Um, one thing that happened last year is with the injuries, we got down to our fourth and fifth wide receiver, and you saw there was no value there. Now, I would like to believe with a new offensive coordinator, a new offense altogether, you could actually utilize Erickson. You could actually utilize Auden Tate and these guys like that. Um, and those guys would actually see a little bit of production, even your even a fan favorite uh, core as well. Um the last thing I had, somebody asked me about Eric. Well, I have a bunch of fan questions on my answer to. Last thing, somebody asked me about Eric Berry. Um, I will stay away from Eric Berry uh, to me. To me, I'd rather have Sean Williams, me personally. Um, 
Eric Berry is a, a although he beat cancer, which is amazing. He's been an injury concern, and also the way that the Chiefs played him the last time I saw him was more in a linebacker position, which will work out for us. But I just don't I don't think um, it's going to work out long term. But that's a recap on mostly the the main topics that I was talking about. I think there's a couple things left out, but I didn't want this show to run too long. Let me get into some of these questions because I really want to make sure that I'm answering you guys. Um, yeah, I want to make sure I'm answering you guys' questions and I'm, and I'm paying attention to the guys that support me the most, guys and women that support me the most. Once again, this is Zim underscore Hude on Instagram, Zim Hude on Twitter. And check me out on the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, Zim Hude Podcast. The first question I have is for S underscore North Rop 05. Is mixing their franchise back? Absolutely. I believe with the new system, they will utilize the running back like they've never used before. And they will absolutely try to tie Gurley the situation. You should see mixing in the top five um, uh, running backs as far as uh, catching. Like, period. Like, receiving is something that I believe is going to change a lot. Geo is going to get a lot of catches, I believe, too, um, out in the flat as well. That's something I believe is going to change. But mixing it is a franchise back. One thing that I will say is that Mixon needs to work on his blocking ability. There were split third down situations for Mixon and um, Geo this past year, and it's mainly because of his blocking. So that's the one thing that has to, he has to get better at if he want to be, quote, unquote, a franchise uh, running back. So that's something to check out for. One thing I will say in college, too, he never was the just full-time workhorse running back. He, he split with, uh, what's his name, Perrine or uh, whatever, the guy that went to Redskins, that sucks. Um, all right, best late-round quarterbacks. I'm, I wouldn't say it's late, but Tyree Jackson and Will Greer, if they're there in the third round, I absolutely would take a look at them really, really good. Matter of fact, that's a draft pick for me. If Tyree Jackson and Will Greer are still there in the third round, those are the guys that I pick. If this year doesn't go like I wanted to and they don't sign Dalton uh, coming up moving forward and, and the say the year went really, really bad, you still draft another quarterback next year. You, you understand that? Don't look at quarterback in Marvin Lewis glasses. Look at quarterback as though this is a position that is important. You need depth and no matter what. If Will Greer was to get picked or Tyree Jackson was to get picked, give him a shot uh, into the season, see what they could do. See how that uh, looks moving forward, but you still draft the quarterback next year. I will say this. Will Greer, a lot of people say he's, he's careless with the football, but I would argue he pulls triggers, and I love a bunch of his games. A lot of He, he had this game against, uh, God, da, da, da. I think it was UVA. Anyway, he threw an interception, and in the, in, in the window was so small, it was just like, I don't think the wide receiver was ready for it, but it was on the money. I want to post that play for you guys. Will Greer has a gunslinger mentality of Mahomes. He has these arm angles like Mahomes that I really like, but he doesn't have Mahomes' arm strength. So that's what's going to put him in the second, third round. He won't get past the third. Um, that was uh, king.ty underscore 2xx. Um, next question, Jake Oliver, 49. Do you think AJ Green has a chance of getting traded? Absolutely, I do. Um, it's always on the table, but the, the owners have made it very, very clear they want A.J. Green to retire in a Bengals uniform. They are working on an extension right now. I know that as we speak. Don't know if it'll happen right away, but that's what they're working on. They want him to 
Um, his, his, his name has been linked to the Patriots. Uh, J.W. Neville says, what are the Bengals going to do with Ross? They're going to let him eat. They're going to absolutely let him eat, get him out in space, and do what I told you he would do. Having seven touchdowns in a season is no fluke, people. He did it in the red zone. Now this new offense should be able to get him out in space during the whole field. I would love to see them do three wide receivers trips and just let Ross break off of these. Oh, my God. With the Rams, if, go watch a Rams game and look how their wide receivers line up. Like when when um, Cup, uh, uh, God, um, my, what's my guy, Robert Woods and Reynolds, when they line up like that and then and, and Cooks on, and, you, and you isolate somebody on the other side, it's damn near unstoppable when Gurley's coming out the backfield. And that's what I'm hoping to get. Um, when is it time for Dalton to go? Uh, Jake Ross 55 says, Dalton will go if he go. Mike Brown came out and said this today. I didn't say this earlier. They're, they're in the um, coaches, the owners meetings right now. Today is March 28th. Mike Brown came out and said this. is like Dalton has to show what he can do this year. He understands he got hurt. Boom. We got to move on. We got to make a decision. He feels as though it's time for Dalton to carry a team on his back currently right now, whether it's injuries or not. The biggest problem that could happen that I could see is it, this is the worst case scenario. Say we go nine and seven, 10 and six, go to the playoffs and lose first round. Then you still would be sitting there saying, what do you do with Dalton? The best case scenario, we go four and 11. I mean, what is it? Four and 12. Or we go, you know, 10 and six and, and actually get to like a divisional round or the AFC championship. And then you say, okay, yeah, Dalton's the guy. You know what I mean? So that that's what's got to happen with Dalton. I could see Dalton being traded to the Redskins like tomorrow. I feel like the Redskins are going to be looking at guys like Daniel Jones and stuff like that. If they don't get their guy, Dalton is going and, and Gruden still stays there. I mean, I feel like that's a good trade. Say Dalton has a year like he just had. There's no reason I can't see Dalton getting a first. If Dalton has a good year, and people disagree with me, I just don't see it. The history of the NFL just tells me different. Um, favorite quarter, uh, John Dot Zollers says, favorite quarterback in this draft. Um, my favorite quarterback is Kyler Murray. The most underrated, I don't know if you would say underrated, but I think Will Greer. Um, Tyree Jackson's got to be the most underrated. I hate to play, I don't want to say like a race card or anything like that, but say he wasn't black, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't think everybody would look at him like with his athleticism alone. You'd probably be looking at him in a Drew Locke type of category because he's got that same size and stature. He's got the size and everything. But I think he is a little bit inaccurate. He needs a lot of work on his footwork, but... There's not much that separates Tyree Jackson from Daniel Jones, like at all. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's – they both don't play at, like, big-time schools. I mean, Duke and Buffalo, I mean, like, neither one of them are, like – you know what I'm saying? Like, in the bowl yeah, bowl championship series. But I I don't know. But that that will be my most underrated. Uh, Gray.1818 says, do you think we'll draft a quarterback round one or two? I think – uh, if Haskins were to fall to us at 11, absolutely they would draft him, I think. Um, round two, I think they'll take a good hard look at Will Greer, um, someone like that, because remember, they almost drafted Mason Rudolph last year. 
Also, another thing, like in a perfect scenario for me would be Ed Oliver first round and like someone like Matt Wilson in the second. So then you identify like, hey, I got the most elite blue chip prospect that I could. Then I came back and got the linebacker. But if those quarterbacks are sitting right there, like Will Greer, um, say Daniel Jones or somebody falls like that, you would have to take a look at them. Um, Gold underscore luck. O2 says AJ trade a possibility. It's always a possibility. Somebody come in there with a first round for a guy, you know, 31 years old. You got to take a look at it. Uh, bro, bro, Juan underscore Kino BI 902 says, do you like Zach Taylor? And do you believe in him as a head coach? I believe so far, Zach Taylor, um, it, he's a guy that I can see players playing for. And I, I can see guys believing in him. One thing I don't like that he's doing so far is deferring a lot. He's deferring a lot to his coaches and deferring to other people to make decisions for him. We don't know anything about Zach Taylor, what he's going to do in a crunch time situation. So the jury's still out on him. Um, Cal, K-W-O, um, K-O-W-L-2 underscore L-A-G-J-N-D-A. Laganda. If both White and Oliver are there 11, who should the Bengals choose? Ed Oliver. Okay. Eagles underscore coach underscore K. I talked to him on my DMs a lot. What are the odds we trade up ahead of Broncos if Haskins is available if we do not trade back? I think the odds are very, very small that we trade up to go get Haskins for sure. Especially with so many guys that could help this team right now. Especially since Zach Taylor really believes in Dalton. If we were in a position that the Cardinals were in or the Jaguars or somebody like that, absolutely trading up a couple spots, give up a third or whatever like that to get up. Third, maybe second. I don't know. You, know, I don't know what it would take to trade up, but we're not in that position of desperation, so I don't see them trading up for anybody. Before we'd signed Bobby Hart or somebody like that, I would have said, yeah, they would have desperately traded up for Jonah Williams or somebody like that. Um, Anton underscore Sheeler says, or Shiler, I'm sorry, can Andy Dalton get us to the playoffs? If not, who can? Uh, I can. <laughs> can Andy Dalton get us to the playoffs? Yes, he can. Absolutely. Can he win a game in the playoffs? I do not believe so. Okay. Um, Uncle underscore Bart, if White and Oliver get taken before us, would you trade back or take a risk on a player like Bush? If White and Oliver get taken... I, I do think I could trade back and still probably get Bush, go back a couple spots, maybe pick up another third or something like that. I, I would be all in favor of that. I would not be against that. Um, I just because the the to me the talent level from Bush to Matt Wilson or like a Benberg Curvin uh, or uh, Pratt from NC State, all these guys like that, the margin is not that big. You know what I mean? So. For me, I, I, I would do it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, okay, we're getting out to the end of this. Uh, Will, okay, this is this is the last one because some of these other ones, I don't even understand it. Brian underscore Lasita. What will Zach do with Auden Tate? He will let him eat. <laughs> I love Auden Tate. James Rapine, put on your Auden Tate uh, shirt. This has been a Zim Hude podcast. I love you guys. Um, Auden Tate for president. Auden Tate's gonna go crazy. Auden Tate's gonna go ham. Um, it's a new day. 
we got a lot of good stuff coming up this year. I'm about to do another contest coming up. Lil Uzi is telling me, like, we got to get this thing going. So check us out. Let's go. Who that? Y'all mean it's money talk. I just check the steps. They say wait on me to fall. Bitch got drip like me. Rockin' out Louis Leotard. These turbo weasel way beats. Got me singing to a guitar. Bed spread. Reduce a head. Match my drawers.